welcome to the Called Bank Podcast. Uh, the NBA season is officially over. The Lakers will crown champions, which um, is one of the few times in this playoff run that we actually kind of predicted what was going to happen. There are a lot of twists and turns along the way. But it's over. The Heat gave a good fight, but eventually the Lakers ended up with the ring. Um, it, it was a good bubble experience. I think it was better than most. In hindsight, it was better than I thought it would be going in. But now it's over, and now we can look forward to the off season. as there has been some news with some coaching changes and rumors of stars getting traded in this offseason, so uh, let's get into it. We can we can start with our final thoughts on the last game of the season, and then we're full on into offseason basketball now. I mean, the last game of the season was what I expected. I'm You had the Lakers come out and just, you know, kind of get a wake-up call after losing game five and just show who was the better team overall. Like, I don't think there was a lot of question that the Lakers were a better team. I mean, it would have been a very different series had you had Miami not only pull out game five like they did, but also pull out game four, and all of a sudden it's 3-3 going into game seven. But had Miami won game four, I think the Lakers would have won game five. It's just, it was just really that type of series where, and that type of season where the Lakers were just the dominant team and yes occasionally they slipped up like they did against Portland for one game like they did against you know Denver like they did against Houston but other than that they were just the much better team um they didn't let the bubble get to them while I definitely think that there were a lot of discussions about like well if Denver had won like or even if maybe Miami had won people would have questioned the championship because of the bubble um I think that we should kind of understand that the bubble impacted things I think a large part of the reason that the Clippers lost the way they did to the Nuggets wasn't just the Nuggets being an amazing team who could put their nose to the grindstone and go I think that there were some issues that were probably compounded upon in the bubble however you know you had to step up and deal with it and all the Clippers had to do was win one game you know and they lost three so Lakers definitely, you know, champions this year. I'm not going to question that. No asterisks next to their name. LeBron James got his fourth, and I'm happy to see him do that because I do think he's one of the best players in the game. Wish it wasn't in the golden um, purple jerseys, but that's the decision he made. So um, everyone's going to be chasing them next year, but we'll see. We'll see if the Bucks can pull something out. We'll see if the Nets have more power now that... Kyrie Irving's going to have a hopefully 100% Kevin Durant by his side, but only time will tell. We'll have to wait till Martin Luther King Day and watch from there. Yeah, I, th- I think this is an interesting championship for the legacy of individual players because uh, you see uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, I wouldn't say he dragged his team to the playoffs because he definitely had a lot of talent, but he was by far the best player on that team and people didn't consider him the best player on a championship team kind of player. So uh, for Jimmy Butler's legacy, this was huge. Anthony Davis got his first, which everyone knew he was one of the best players in the game, but they, uh, I kind of viewed him for a long time as almost like a, a Kevin Garnett kind of player where you're a great player, but your team just isn't that good. So 
you make it to the playoffs a few times, but you're never really a contender. And I guess he made a move kind of like Kevin Garnett. Well, uh, Garnett was traded, I believe, and so was Davis. And then he got his ring with a with a better team, with a much more elite squad. And then you mentioned uh, LeBron. He got his fourth ring. And uh, there's always going to be LeBron haters, and there's always going to be the conversation of uh, who's the GOAT, uh, Jordan or LeBron. But I think this was this was a big one in showing that like LeBron, he really belongs in that conversation. And everyone knew he did for a long time. But at least for me, like I've always said Jordan 100 percent for the best for the GOAT. Right. Um, And I'm probably still sticking with that just because of how I define greatest for basketball. It's not all analytics based. It's also like a cultural based how big of an icon um, Michael Jordan was for the NBA, but LeBron James, like you can talk about his his finals record, but I think that's just him being able to drag uh, not as good teams to the finals. So I I think he and doing it and what he did in this playoffs at the how late in his career he is is just incredible to see him put up those kind of numbers when most people expect him to be. Uh, kind of preparing for retirement at this age. So he it was really an amazing season for LeBron James. Yeah, it really was just amazing. And I mean, Davis did have a good series, but that's all he had was a good series. And yes, he is an MVP level player. Could have got defensive player of the year. A lot of what helped him going to the Lakers was being surrounded by a superstar in LeBron but also having a superstar in LeBron to take all of the pressure off of Anthony Davis so that he didn't really have to shoulder any responsibility. And that sounds harsh. I'm not trying to insult him. I mean, other players perform better under pressure and others don't. And so I'm interested to see because in the next couple years, if Davis stays in Los Angeles, which I think he will, it will eventually become his team. And I'll Will he grow and mature and be able to fill LeBron James's shoes? Or is he going to just kind of stay the player he is, just kind of stay sheltered in the sense from like superstar responsibility and just kind of show up when he wants to and then have off nights when he does, when he's just not feeling it? And are you kind of just going to see a Lakers team that can't quite reach the next step? Because LeBron James, I mean, in this game, he went out, Played 41 minutes, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, 28 points, you know, put together an awesome triple-double. Davis, you know, had 15 rebounds, which is impressive, but three assists and 19 points. Um, Putting up just a couple more points than Caldwell Pope. So I think at some point Davis is going to have to like take the next step as a superstar to be remembered as like one of the best players of all time. And if he doesn't take that step, he'll just be remembered as someone with so much potential who did get some rings, but really just was able to do it because they were with one of the top five players of all time. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. But at the same time, um, I feel like, like LeBron James for the players who aren't the top of the top, he makes those teammates look a lot better. Um, But if you look at his superstar teammates, um, it almost diminishes them. Like when he was on the Heat, I feel like people 
uh, didn't see Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh as um, as they saw them before. Now, granted, both of them had injury issues, and Chris Bosh definitely didn't have uh, he he wasn't performing to the best of his capabilities. And then, like when Kyrie left, um, like it's almost like Kyrie's value has gone down ever since he left LeBron James. So that would be an interesting thing to dig into to see how uh, LeBron James how being teammates with him impacts your career in the long run. Because obviously when you're on a team with him, it makes your chances for a championship the best. But then uh, what kind of players benefit from being teammates with LeBron and what kind of players uh, are their careers hurt because they were teammates with LeBron? That is a really interesting question. I think that it's different in a sense with Davis because of comments LeBron has made almost as if he's passing the torch per se like he knows he's getting near the end of his career and I don't think he's gonna I think dang Jordan got five rings and LeBron James is how old he's 35 now I think if LeBron James gets a sixth ring I think he's done if he gets a sixth ring if he gets two more rings in the next four years I think he'll probably retire um and, you know, take one more ring than Jordan and be happy. Um, but I don't, I, I think like right now he's kind of almost in the sense of I'm passing the torch to Davis and like I want Davis to do well in the sense where when he was with Dwayne Wade and when he was with Chris Bosh and Kyrie Irving, like he was, we need a championship and we need it. Um, and he was just going to do whatever was necessary. So I almost think there is more of like a, What's the um, Jedi Padawan relationship? That's not what I was looking for, but that's the first thing that came to mind with um, Davis and LeBron. Then there wasn't those other, um, you know, duos or trios. But it's just going to be interesting to see what happens since, I mean, Davis really can completely take over the game. It's just if LeBron James wants to take over the game, he will take over the game. And Anthony Davis just isn't at that level. It, he has to be feeling it on a given night. And there's a lot of those given nights. But LeBron James can have that night any night if he decides to have it. Like It's r- a rare occasion when he has a bad night. And most of the time, if he doesn't put up great numbers, it's because someone else is just going off. Yeah, and it is incredible to watch him, how he can control the game. How like Sometimes in the playoffs, you could tell he, he goes and he's like, I don't need to score 20 points tonight. I'll just get 20 assists. And um, he, he just has control over the game that he can, and he knows what's the best for them to win. So, um, yeah, I've this championship, and I like I've taken time to look back at LeBron James' career recently, and it's like I've gained a lot more respect for him as a basketball player. And because um, a lot of the beef that people had, like with comparing James to Jordan, was uh, like, oh, he left Cleveland the first time. Jordan never left Chicago, uh, even though he kind of did when he played for the Wizards at the end. <laughs> but but if you look at the beginning of Michael Jordan's career, he played on an awful Bulls team. So they got lottery picks and got help with him through the draft. LeBron James, he played on an awful Cavs team and took them to the finals. Like, he was good enough to take a really bad team like to the almost getting a ring. And so like his teams were making the playoffs, even though he didn't have any help 
and so they weren't getting good draft picks, and so he was just kind of stuck in a loop there. And and seeing what he did that first time in Cleveland is is I, I feel like a lot of people don't respect what he was able to do as much as they should. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last decade of championships, and so many of them have been from like super teams, and you can debate the three um, Warriors championships with Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. Like, I understand that they probably would have been there without Durant. But I don't think that they would have been as dominating as performances as they were with Durant, and they might have lost one or two of them. So once, and I mean, that was a Warriors decision to sign Durant. Like, they didn't have to go after him. And I mean, you don't say no if Kevin Durant says he wants to get signed, but they made the decision to sign him. So I'm fair to say that that was a super team. But so many of them have been from super teams. I mean, you have the Spurs sneaking in and getting one. But even then, that's a team with how many All-Stars? And you had the Mavericks sneak in a team with no All-Stars and get one. Um, shade thrown. But like, it's just so much of how many superstars can you get. And you can discuss how it's tainted the game. But free agency is something that is really great for the players. And it does definitely lead to having like teams like the Lakers where you have so many players come and sign a one-year deal and get themselves a ring and we'll see if they're back next season. Yeah. Uh, so like back in the, actually I, I, this wasn't even too long ago when this was happening, but uh, there used to be a rule that if you sign a player off of another team, you have to give them some sort of compensation. And so if you're signing like a role player that the team wasn't planning to re-sign, like they just get like a second round draft pick or something. Um, but how do you feel if like, um, if you sign a player off of a team, then, uh, like the team that you sign it from can get up to like two unprotected firsts. If it's like an MVP player down to like a second round pick, if it's just like a role player that they weren't really planning to resign, like, what would you feel if, about free agency? If like the NBA made that rule where you have to give some sort of compensation for signing a team's player. Would you like that or do you kind of like the free market uh, system that's up right now? I mean, I totally get that. Like when Hayward left, it would have been really nice to get something. Um, but looking at it from like the general perspective, that just feels so unnecessary. I think that players should be able to have the ability to go where they want to go. Um, because like you wouldn't want a. And obviously you don't want super teams, but like right now, if a player wants to go to the Clippers, um, like they don't have any first round picks to give away. So it just, I mean, it would create more of like a scarcity in the market, but I just think that if you're not, okay, let's put it this way. If you're not a good enough organization to keep your player, um, then I think you kind of need to suffer for that. And in the end, like there are concerns, but let's say that someone decides to leave the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks should just keep getting draft picks for people leaving because they have enough draft picks that they can't do anything with. That would be the strategy. Just sign a bunch of people in one year deals, let them walk and then just get all the draft picks. The second round draft lottery. Oh, gosh. Just one year, it's like, and the Knicks with the 31st pick in the draft. And the Knicks with the 32nd pick in the draft. And the Knicks with the 33rd pick in the draft. 
Just 31 to 60 all go to the Knicks. Just have a roster of all second rounders. <laughs> they basically do anyway. Doesn't matter when they were actually picked. Okay, so speaking of trades and rumors and all that, you were telling me um, before we started that you've heard a lot of trades about a lot of rumors about all stars getting traded. Um, I've heard Paul George, obviously. I think that that's the one that's really big up there. That's completely unfounded and not going to happen. But what were the other ones that you heard? And then you can give your feedback on the Paul George rumors. So yeah, NBA YouTube is going insane. Um, like yesterday I just scrolled through my feed for about 15 seconds and I saw like five videos that were about either trading James Harden or Russell Westbrook. Um, and as I've been like kind of keeping track of the rumors, I've also heard like Bradley Beal is a popular one, but he's been popular for like a year and a half and he's kept saying that he wants to stay in uh, with the Wizards. So I don't think that's going to happen. But then you hear teams like the 76ers, you hear Ben Simmons or Embiid getting traded. Um, you hear like Damian Lillard getting traded, which I think is insane. I've heard um, Oladipo is one that might actually happen because he is um, he is almost leaning into a trade right now. I don't think he's specifically requested one. Um, I've, heard, I've even heard like Kimba Walker getting traded from the Celtics because they want to give more of the offense to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And so I think people have just, like, they're almost more excited for the offseason than the actual season. So they, like, any superstar that isn't contending right now or isn't, like, a young core, like the, um, I I guess the Jazz aren't really a young core. They're, like, a a win-now core, but... Uh, like the Mavericks, then the superstars are just getting rumored to be traded. And so uh, I think most of them are unfounded and they're just uh, like NBA YouTubers or NBA 2K uh, players that just want to put out content. But you have to wonder, like, if these rumors are flying around, like a lot of times rumors sound unfounded and then it comes out of nowhere. So I'm, I'm and I'm curious what you think, like, do you think there will be a lot of moving parts as far as trades go because this free agency isn't as strong as other free agencies will be well speaking of nba youtube we posted last week's episode on our youtube channel and we're gonna post this one up there and all subsequent on the youtube channel as well so before i answer that question if you like listening on youtube better we're not putting any video or anything up with it but please go subscribe to our youtube channel give a give us a listen there um We'd really appreciate that. As for intricacies, um, well, first of all, like Oladipo is a great player. He's all-star caliber in the East, um, probably not all-star caliber in the West, to be blunt. Um, but that trade seems a lot more doable because Indiana's just Indiana right now. They got the fifth fifth seed, but they're not doing great, and Oladipo wants to win now. Um, as for moving pieces, they're... Because so many of the teams you mentioned are hiring a new coach, mainly talking about, um, you know, Russell Westbrook and James Harden down in Houston and talking about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid up in the 76ers, I don't think any trades are going to happen there. Um, First of all, no one's going to take Westbrook's contract. Like, it's just 
absolutely insane. The pieces that you have to give up for that. I don't even know how the how Oklahoma City made that work, but they managed to do it. Um, I think you're going to wait a year and see how they do with the new coaches and then maybe look at trading. But I also think that you need player consent. And let's be honest, you're not getting rid of James Harden. Like, full stop. James Harden is 100% better right now than Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook put up some amazing numbers and still can, but he's just not nearly as much of a facilitator as James Harden. And I am sure that Russell Westbrook has more assists per game average, but that's not what being a facilitator means because somehow, you know, Westbrook has managed to average triple doubles and still not be able to facilitate his offense in productive manners. Um, You know, all of those trades just, they all sound like people grasping at straws for content, which we might do this off season. I'm not going to say that we won't. However, like, you know, Damian Lillard is not leaving Portland. I don't believe he's leaving Portland. They're going to have a full year with Nurkic healthy, and maybe he'll consider leaving after like a season or two. Um, I just think players want to leave in free agency. Like as much as it hurts the team, I think that if you're going to see players leave, it's going to be when they come up to be free agents. So do I think we'll see a lot of moving pieces this offseason? No, I don't, because I don't think people are going to take as dramatic moves as they would after failing in a normal season. So ending with the bubble, I think that we're going to see a lot of teams roll it back and then next offseason take a look at what they can do to better their um, organization. Okay, he, here's one rumor that um, this is probably the most, other than Oladipo getting traded, this is probably the most realistic rumor that I've heard. Um, but. The rumor is Chris Paul to the Knicks, and the idea is the Thunder are wanting to like re- get a new young core, and they already have a ton of picks, and the Knicks are like desperate for a superstar. They haven't had like a real superstar um, with the organization since Carmelo Anthony, and they haven't made the playoffs since 2013, so they're looking for someone to just like give some sort of hope to the fans. And so the Knicks might be willing to uh, give up some picks because they have, um, they got quite a few picks in the Kristaps Porzingis trade. And so they they have some extra picks to trade. So then they can trade those off and then um, Oklahoma City can pick up one or two young stars that they can, or young players. There's no really young stars on the Knicks, but young players that they can try to develop. Um, Maybe like a Frank Knox or uh, someone of that caliber. Uh, so do you think that's possible? Um, I, I think the cap could work. And that's one of the few teams that you could try to fit Chris Paul's contract in. Yeah, that's an option. Um, I don't think anyone wants to go to New York. Like, it's just such a mismanaged team that... Even for the money that he would get for going to a bigger market, I don't think he'd really want to go there. I mean, do you know how many more de- years are on his deal off the top of your head? Or um, th- this may be wrong, so don't quote me on this. Even though I'm saying it on a podcast, which will be published, but I think it's 
It's like either two years or like one year plus a player option. Okay. Um, the only reason Chris would do that is if he just had a really, really good relationship with ownership or management in Oklahoma City to the point where they're like, hey, like, Chris, we love you, but we we need to trade you for it's the best for us to be the most successful down the line. I just, who wants to go to the Knicks? Like, let's just be real here. I mean, if the Lakers hadn't been able to land LeBron James, like, the question is, when would it have got to the point where the Lakers were the has-been like the Knicks are? Uh, I think the Knicks aren't going to have any success until the owner sells. Just because there's that much disrespect for him with all players around the league. So, that's that's my two cents. I don't think that one's going to happen. Um what are your thoughts on the Paul George trade on all those rumors coming out of Los Angeles? Um, there, there's been a lot of like speculation about what's going on uh, for the Clippers. Um, but what I've been hearing is uh, C. Balmer, he wants to make a change. And so he made a big change by firing the coach and hiring Ty Lue. Um, I don't think... Like, they gave so much for Paul George that giving up on him after a season and what you're going to get back from him at this point, it w- it's basically just throwing away assets if you were to do that. So I think that would be silly. Um, it's like, it would be like giving up on Tom Brady after this first season with the Buccaneers because he didn't do as well as he has with the Patriots. But it's like, it takes time for players to... Uh, figure out the team culture. Um, that's why I also think it probably wasn't smart to fire Doc Rivers because a lot of times it takes more than a season to really get um, the team all in on that one system that that coach is running. Uh, and this wasn't even a full season for them. And they had, they had a huge break and there was a lot of, like, the the whole team didn't play together for very many games because either... Paul George was injured or Kawhi Leonard was taking a game off or whatever it was. So I don't think it'll happen, but I think uh, Steve Ballmer will allow it. Like he'll take and trade offers and consider them, but I don't think he'll find something that he likes enough to um, give up Paul George. Yeah. I think the issue is if you're trying to get rid of Paul George, um, like Teams know you're trying to get rid of them and get rid of him, and you're just going to get lowball offers. Like, because Paul George had such an iffy playoffs, I don't think you're going to see anyone packaging like a great super superstar for like just basically switching teams. Also, like you said, it was just a season, they didn't get to play a lot together. Um, it ended in the bubble where like Paul George said he was suffering with a lot of mental health issues. So that definitely didn't like make that didn't set them up for success. So I think that you're going to see them roll it back. Um, Like you said, they gave up like five first round picks. I mean, they're banking on getting a championship with this core. They need it. So I think they're going to at least roll it back for another 60 six games or however many games they decide to play next off next season um come january yeah that's probably the most likely option in most cases in the nba uh 
the most likely option is probably nothing happening because uh, there there are a lot of moving parts and there are like relationships with different organizations that you have to consider. Um, but that being said, the season's over. Congrats to LeBron James and the Lakers for winning the championship. It was a good run. It was fun to watch. Uh, the off season has begun, so stay tuned for our podcast. We post every Saturday, and we will be getting more into off-season basketball. And we will make sure that we bring up some more jazz-specific content because we have been quiet about the jazz uh, the fa- the past several weeks. Uh, so we'll we'll bring up and say what kind of free agents the jazz might be looking for. If there's any trade opportunities, the jazz will be looking to set them up for success and make a deep run in the playoffs next year. So uh, stay tuned. And as we mentioned, we post these on YouTube. If that's your preferred place to listen, um, go check us out. It's uh, called Bank Sports. And please remember to rate and follow us on whatever podcast uh, service you listen to us on because we really appreciate it and it really helps us grow. This has been another episode of Called Bank. Have a great weekend.